Hello and welcome back to the Eurotrips Football Podcast. It's the international break and we are once again doing a top 10 themed episode. I'm, as ever, your host, Andy Davis, and I'm this week joined by just one of our two regulars. With me today is Ryan. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm well, thank you, mate. Yourself? Yeah, can't really complain. Um, Currently, yeah, currently last few days in America... Definitely ready to go home. I'm absolutely knackered, but uh, it's been a good week. It's been a good week, and we've got one more game left to go. And then, yeah, back to the UK for probably the foreseeable. I don't know when I'll be next to be in America. Might not be for a few years. So I'm um, just making the most of that. Um, but yeah, looking forward to, um, you know, once again going to football games again. Uh, we've got planned, hopefully, to do some games in Italy and Spain, uh, and maybe even Germany and France along the way. Um, so keeping up for the channel. I know there's been a lot of NFL content recently, but we are going to bring you, as that series now ends after Sunday, we are going to bring you, hopefully, some more um, football content. I know you've got some stuff planned, Ryan. i got some stuff planned. And yeah, look out for 2024 on the Euro Trips channel. Now, sticking with the Europe theme, today's episode is all about Europe and the European Cup. Now, our episode theme this week is the top 10 European Cup games of all time. Now, we've both come up with our own top 10 list. We're going to go from 10 to 1. Um, and hopefully, should bring up some good memories from some fans Maybe not so good memories of other fan bases. Um, but yeah, this is where we'll start and we'll go from 10 to 1. So um, now I have to ask you, Ryan, um, how are you feeling about your list? Are you happy with your list? Do you think there's going to be a few that maybe are going to rattle some people? How, how are you feeling about your top 10? Um, I think my top four might rattle a few people in terms of perhaps their order. One of them mm, might not seem like it was a, an amazing game either, so it could could be a little controversial. But I think the rest of the list is quite is quite good. I mean, it's quite difficult because there's a few great games from you know years and years ago that I didn't obviously watch live at the time, so you know they don't have the same. Um, you know, memory is some of the more recent ones that have been absolutely, you know, unbelievable games, but I've still included them on the list just because of how good they were. And I've watched a few highlights on YouTube as well. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say about my list as well. I mean, looking at my list, I've got two that I've never watched. There's one that I've, I was alive for, but too young to remember. And there's one that was way before my time being alive. Um, so I'm just going based on just, I think some of them is more about maybe the impact of the game as well as the game itself. I think that certainly might be my decision of some of them in terms of where I've ranked them. There's been some that have been better games, but the impact just hasn't been there in terms of the legacy of that game where some have had a massive impact on football. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what yours are. Uh, I'm going to start with number 10 and we're going to head to you first, actually, Ryan, on this one. Uh, what is 10th on your list? So 10th for me is... I actually believe it's the most it is the most recent one on my list only from last year and it's Man City's 4-3 win over Real Madrid um at the Etihad I remember the game quite well I think most people do it was absolute carnage from the first sort of minute I think City were a couple of goals ahead within the first 10 minutes or so um and then I think they had an injury. Benzema put one past Edison. Vinicius Jr. scored a really good goal. Phil Foden and Bernardo Silva got a couple of good goals as well. And then Benzema did that cheeky uh, Penenka um, to obviously poise the, the semi-final very nicely at the Bernabeu, obviously, which Real Madrid did indeed triumphant. But um, yeah, Fantastic game. Yeah, I mean, that game for me, uh, the one, you know, that was a season where I think, you know, I know we lost in the final that year um, to Real Madrid, but um, I think they were by far the deserving winners just for the run they had. I mean, not, not just that game. You look at the, the round of 16 comeback run against PSG, the Chelsea game, which they, you know, they um, that, was, that was a crazy game. And then this game itself, whereas we had... A much favourable run. So I think that was one year where, you know, you can actually, I actually, I'm 
There's some games, you know, we talked about on Twitter the other day, there's some losses that I really still can't get over, like the Chelsea-Liverpool game 2013, the Gerrard slip, the uh, Gundogan goal against Aston Villa uh, last year. But I think for that, that that one, really, for me, I know Courtois was the reason why they won that game and we would have probably a better team that day. I think overall, you can't re-knock it because just how good that run was um, for Madrid to, to come back again, three really good English sides at the time in Liverpool, Chelsea and City. Um yeah, you can't really fault it. You can't really fault it. Um, heading on to my number 10, this one actually is probably the worst game in a lot. But I think if if if, 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 the, final, if, if the final involves my, personally for me, the best goal I've ever seen the Champions League final had to be in there. So I've gone for Real Madrid against Bayer Leverkusen, 2-1 win for Madrid. And of course, this game is, is best known for the Zidane goal, which uh, won them the game. I'm just going to get the facts up from this game. Uh, it was 2002, the final. Um, so it was in it was in Glasgow in Scotland in Hampton Park. Um, and it, obviously, David Cousin did did uh, did lose two one, but they obviously had a great run for themselves. I mean, Raúl gave him the the opener eight minutes gone. Lucio equalised just a few minutes later in the 14th minute, and then Zidane scores in that 45th minute, won the goal. Which for me, I think you know, you can look at the Bale goal against Liverpool, but I think this one for me is something I've never seen anyone do really since in a, in a big occasion like that. So for me, yeah, that's the only reason why. And I think as well, you look at the run by Leverkusen, that's a, that was a special run getting to the final. Uh, but you look at the team that we just had as well. I mean, they had, um, bizarrely, you can see now, Casillas was on the bench, but they had people like Roberto Carlos, Luis Figo, Claude Makaleli, Zidane, obviously, Raul and Morientes. There were some great, great players. McManaman and Guti off the bench. Um, former Middleton manager Ator Karanka was on the bench as well for them but yeah I think this game purely the fact that it had the best goal ever in the Champions League final in my opinion that's why it's number 10 for me um, but now heading back to you Ryan for your number 9 number 9 is again one that I didn't watch because it was a little bit um, probably about a year or two before I really started to truly get into football Um but it, I've only picked it really just because of the sheer number of goals. It's only the second highest scoring game in Champions League history, but because of the quality of both teams, that's what I've gone for. It was Monaco 8, Deportivo, Lacaronia 3. This was in 2003-2004 season, and it's mad the fact that it was 7-3 after 52 minutes. Um, and then sort of both teams chose to play a little bit more more cautiously. Uh, Monaco actually made the final that year, um, but their defence sort of cost them against Porto, who obviously famously won it, um, and to Jose Mourinho. But yeah, unbelievable to have that many goals. And considering Deportivo were actually a relatively good team at the time, it's quite insane how... Um, how that many goals went in, really, but yeah, just could had to find a place for it on my list. I mean, yeah, that I just I just forgot about that game. Um, I remember that, I remember that season because obviously it was a final where it was Monaco against Porto. Now this, you know, even back then that was a, a crazy matchup to have Monaco against when you had Manchester United, when you had Arsenal at the time, when you had Real Madrid and all these great teams to be a final with Monaco and Porto. Albeit, I know that. To have Mourinho as manager, they had you know a few players. I think Deco was in the team, there were a lot of good players. Ends up playing, so having some really good careers. But at that time, it was you know a fantastic season. Um, actually, maybe that's 2004, not 2003, but either way, that game just sounds insane. I literally forgot that game ever existed. And speaking of which, my number nine has literally changed in this recording. Uh, I originally had a different game, um, but I, I was one of the two games that I had not seen, but then. I forgot about the City game against Madrid. I literally forgot about it, and that has to be in there somewhere. Now, I'm going to put it at ninth because um, I, I just think the other games maybe have a bit more. Um, or do I go number eight on this one? Um, hmm, what do I go for? Right. This is going to be a, a bit a bit robot, but um, an orthodox. I'm going to have this a bit higher than ninth, actually. Um, looking at my list now, I'm probably going to put that. Um, I'll go on. I'll put it in... Um, I put it in fifth. I put it in six. Sorry, I put it in six. So that is a little bit spoiled it into my number six. Um, 
My number nine is now going to be um, Dortmund three, Malaga two in 2013. This was obviously the the famous Dortmund team in the Klopp that um, got to Champions League final and won the the Bundesliga the same season. Obviously, they did lose in the end in the final, which is why this game probably is as low as it is, um, okay, because of impact. Uh, but this is a great run they had, and their team they had, the likes of Mario Goethe, Matt Tummels, uh, Marco Royce, Robert Lewandowski, and then they went on to beat Madrid in the semi-final, but there, this quarter-final game against Malaga, because the Malaga team that was at the time spending way beyond their means. Um, they, you know, they ended up having loads of money problems. They ended up going down the divisions, but this game was was just. I remember watching this on my TV at the time. It was absolutely insane game. It was the game went down to the final minutes really, and it was part of the you know Jurgen Klopp. Um, famous heavy metal football. Um, you know, it was absolutely superb, and it was one of the best games I've certainly seen. That is in the final in recent years. Um, you know, it was a winner in the end by Santana in the injury time to win the game. But it was just so many things happened. Um, I mean, there was two goals actually in the time. I forgot the other one as well. But um, I know um, Marco Royce. I think got the other one. But it was yeah, a truly spectacular game, and it was. Um, you know, part of this dormant team that really caught everyone's eye this year. And it was really one that put Klopp on world notice. And in the end, that has ended up having a big say in coming to Liverpool and having many games like this as well. And it's obviously, we've had a lot of these last minute winners under him, which probably resulted from the mentality he gained as dormant manager. Um, but yeah, that is my number nine. Um, now heading on to eight, um, sticking with myself, um, I'm going to go for a game that was, again, it's low down because of the impact. Um, it's Man City against Tottenham in the 2017-2018 season. Sorry, the 2018-2019 season. Uh, a year that obviously Spurs got to the final and ultimately lost to Liverpool. Um, but this game had it all. It had all. It had obviously last-minute drama um, with the Sterling goal that was given offside. Um but it was just absolutely spectacular. I mean, there was um, just going to get up the exact minutes of the goals. Um, it was a 4-3 win for Titi on the night. But obviously Spurs did go through overall on the aggregate. Um, looking at it now, obviously Sterling gave him the opener within four minutes gone. But then Spurs had two quick five goals back with Son Youngmin in the seventh and tenth minute. But then City responded straight away in the eleventh minute for Bernardo Silva, which meant it was 2-2. After 11 minutes, which is something you rarely see in football, um, 10 minutes after Silver's goal, uh, Sterling gave him another goal, which meant they went 3-2 up on the night. Um, and then Aguero scored to make it 4-2 on the night, which meant it would have been, um, they'd have been just about winning on, I think it would have been 4-3 um, on aggregate and 4-2 four, four, at the time and 4-3 on aggregate. And then right at the end, uh, Diego Lorente scored in the 73rd minute to make it 4-4 on aggregate and give Spurs a win on away goals, which we all know isn't a rule now. So that game would have gone to extra time if this if this was uh, this season or last season. Um, absolutely fantastic game. And of course, right at the end, City scored, they got the winner through, um, through Sterling. But ultimately, that was ruled out through VAR. So it was, I think, I think I've got to say probably the best game of the last five years in the Champions League. I can't think of a better game than that in the Champions League. I mean, you could argue Madrid City could be higher, but this game had had everything and it was just... And I remember I was in a pub in Bristol at the time watching Liverpool-Porto. We won 5-0 that night. But, but you know, by the time it was 3 or 4-0, every Liverpool fan who was in there was watching Spurs City because this game was just grabbing everyone's attention, of course, especially in Britain, being two English sides playing each other. I just thought it was a fantastic game and this had to be in there somewhere. Um... But for you, Ryan, what stands as your number eight? So, my number eight is one that probably could have been a little higher, maybe. But I decided not to put it so far down. But either way, I've gone for Liverpool 4, Barcelona 0. Um, 2019, obviously, one that you will remember fairly well. I believe Barca won yes. 3-0 and not many people gave Liverpool any realistic hope. I believe they were missing Firmino and Salah in that game. And if I remember rightly, I believe it was Origi 
was it him that got the winner? Yeah. Yeah. Was it from a corner, that Trent Alexander corner? Yeah, corner taken quickly, Origi. Yeah, that was um yeah, one of our poem of famous moments, I'd say. One of I think it's definitely one of the um standout games. It is a standout game, but I think also just that moment itself, I think, is definitely in recent memory, probably the, the biggest, um, the most famous moment, I'd say, the most loved moment by I think by, the, by a lot of Liverpool fans. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I say, I do. I, I remember it quite well because Barcelona were actually quite. I don't know if they. I mean, they were poor in that game, but Liverpool played so well. They defended so well. Kept, obviously, a, a famous front three pretty quiet, to be honest. And yeah, um, just a a mad comeback and brilliant game of football. So it was always going to be on the list. Yeah, I mean, I have this in my list, spoiler alert, a lot higher than eighth. Um, let's put it that way. Um, and I will talk about a bit more later on. Um, and yeah, this game certainly is one I love talking about. So I look forward to talking about it a lot more coming up in my list. Um, now, seventh, keeping with me, um, this game is a game that was, you know, a long time, I say a long time ago, um, it was in 2008. Um I'm just going to quickly check what year that was because I've not actually written it down. Um, but obviously, this is actually one that isn't really something I look back on fondly. It was a game we actually were on the losing end of. Um, it was a 2008-2009 season, so that's going to be... Um, yeah, that's 14 years ago now. Um, Liverpool 4, Chelsea 4, Stamford Bridge. One of the... Certainly, I think at that time, was our best game we've been involved in since a certain game four years before that. Um, but this game, you know, had everything. And again, it was, we mentioned comebacks. This is another one where we almost, um, we almost came back from a massive deficit again. I mean, it was 4-4-9-7-5-9. So we ended up, you know, we did lose that game 3-1 at Anfield in the first leg. And obviously back then, away goals were a thing. So there's a lot of away goals. Inside. So we had to win this game at least by three goals, Um you know, either three nil or Chelsea scored uh, at least four goals or scored or more. Um, absolutely fantastic game. And it was, um, you know, we started off perfect, perfectly. I mean, Fabio Radio got the goal, uh, a free kick which took everyone by surprise, taken early, caught, um, caught check, you know, off his guard, um, and then Alonso scored a penalty uh, just a matter of nine minutes later to make it two nil on the night. And you know, it was three three and good, but we were still losing on away goals. And then, you know, went to half time, 2-0 up uh, on the night. And then Chelsea had two quick fire, no, three quick fire goals. They had Drogba fifty second minute. Alex scored a brilliant free kick, 57th minute. Got a shout out to Rayner, who made a terrible mistake for that Drogba goal, which everyone seems to have forgotten about. And then Frank Lampard scored again in the 76th minute. Now, at that point, we all thought it was over and done with. You know, it was 6-3 on the night in aggregate. You know, we needed to get three goals and without response to win the game. And then we scored two goals, and that was fun. So we scored Lucas Labour scored 81st minute. A minute later, Dirk Cow scored 82nd minute. So that meant that it was actually level on the night. So it was, um, I think, no, that's not right. No, it would have been 6 5 to Liverpool, to Chelsea. But if we got one more goal, we would have progressed on away goals. But then Lampard scored 89th minute, took Chelsea to a final. Um, so I took Chelsea to a uh, quarter semi final. It was a quarter final game. My apologies. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic game. Um, also, Chelsea ended up not winning, not winning that that um, Champions League final last season, or even getting to it more on that later on. Uh, but I thought this game was absolutely stupendous, and it was one that had, you know, it was back and forth. It had the perfect commentary on ITV of Clive Tildley and Andy Townsend, the goat commentary files, the, the voice of my childhood, and I was back in a time where I didn't have um, Sky, so I only really got live football was through Champions League and major tournaments. Um, so yeah, this was an absolutely fantastic game, and yeah, sadly we won the wrong wrong end of that one. Um, but for you, Ryan, what's your number seven? Funny enough, one that I don't need to explain because you've just done it: Chelsea four, Liverpool four. Fair enough, absolutely fair enough. We may as well stick with you for number six. You already know my number six. Um, for you, Ryan, what is number six on your list? So my number six is a final. It is the 2010-2011 season final. Barcelona 3, Manchester United 1. Just the main thing I remember from that final is the header from Messi and just how good Barcelona played in that final. That was 
total football ticky tacker at its absolute peak, and they just destroyed a pretty good Man United team. Let's face it, United team that had so so many world class players, and yet they were they were made to look, you know, really poor by Pep Guardiola and that unbelievable team. So yeah, that for me is my number six. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that was a, a peak time for English football in terms of having Wembley having finals in two and three or four years. It was a lot of finals at Wembley at once. And we got it again, obviously, um, I believe it's this season. Yeah, it is this season. Um, you know, so that it was really cool to see, you know, the likes of Messi playing in London. I mean, that Bass team is the, you know, the greatest team of all time. And to have them playing in, you know, for a lot of people listening to this podcast, probably not far from their doorstep. You know, Xavi, Iniesta, Danny Alves, uh, even though he's overrated, Victor Valdez in goal, you know, PK and Puyol on the back. And, all, you know, it's it was, I think people could say that Barca team, whether you think it's 9 whether you think it's 11, either way, it's, you know, that run is probably the best we've ever seen from any team in football history in terms of club level. Um, so, and obviously Manu, you know, it's a bit similar in terms of we've had a lot of Premier League Triumph stumped by it, just a brilliant Pep Guardiola City team. Man, you've got to say they've had two Champions League um, basically taken away from them by a by an amazing Barca team. So um, yeah, Man, you are unlucky to be on the receiving end of two finals in three or four years with against the best team in club football history. Um, I remember that game. Yeah, I, I didn't have it on my list. Um, because I think this is games that were more exciting. I think this one was was good. Obviously, Rooney got the. I remember Rooney getting equalised, and my brother thinking he had a chance at that point. Uh, but there was some, yeah, some brilliant goals in that game. I remember. I think it was Pedro got a goal as well, which is brilliant. Or David Villa, one of the two. Um, yeah, I thought that was a fantastic, fantastic game. Speaking of which, my number five is a game that is a, I did allude to it earlier. Um, but Ajax two. Tottenham three. Now this game was in 2019, by far the best back-to-back games you've ever seen in the Champions League. I think it is the best Champions League final, the Champions League season in history. Look at the Ajax run they had. Um, look at the fact it was an All English final, um, Liverpool Barca in that in that final. But these back-to-back games, back-to-back days. We thought Liverpool Barca the day before was a great game. Spurs Ajax was just just as incredible. Uh, I mean, it was a, a real game that gave you a real shock factor um, because you look at um, the fact that you know, you'd have had probably Ajax and Barca winning those those semi-finals prior to the second legs taking place because you know, Ajax had a 1-0 win um, in the first in the first leg, but away from home with away goals that was basically almost like a two-goal lead uh, you could say, but the Ajax team had some great players, you can look at uh, De Litt, obviously the standout one. Um, there were some other ones. I mean, obviously Hakim Ziyech was has not done it at Chelsea, but he um, had a great spell at Ajax, I thought. And also Ten Hag was manager and he had a great time there. You look at the fact that Dusan Talic was playing there. Daley Blind, Onana, Frankie de Jong. Dusan Talic, there were some great players. This Ajax team really is the best they've had probably since, you know, they beat 80-man all those years ago in the Champions League final. But, I mean, this game was... Pure shock factor because at one 0 that when Ajax scored two goals in the first half through you know through Delay and Ziak, it seemed all over, you know, three 0 in aggregate, it seemed all done. But enter Lucas Moura. I mean, he is a Spurs legend forever. Um, and we saw the a- reaction that the Spurs fans had to Lucas Moura when he left the club this summer. Um he was just he didn't really have, you know, he wasn't that successful. If you look outside of that, you know, he hasn't, he's a bit too inconsistent for, for a lot of people's liking, but he had his moment in the sun in that game. Um, you know, that, you know, Spurs were desperate and he got a goal in the, in the second half, the 50, the 55th minute. Um, and then again, in the 59th minutes, so that brought the game back to a whole new level. I mean, Spurs just needed one more goal to, um, to advance. And of course, there was that threat of Ajax could score again, but then, he gets to injury time and it's still, you know, they're still lacking goal. And it seemed, you know, I remember watching this game. I was in the same pub I watched it in Bristol the day before they have to watch in Liverpool. So I was in the same pub back back days. And I remember in that pub on a day later, my friend Adam and I, uh, Adam who has made an appearance on this podcast, um, me and him both were in that pub. And, you know, this game seemed, game seemed like on edge, but it Spurs, I don't think Spurs looked like they were going to score, but it seemed that when our ideas, it seemed they were maybe a bit burnt out. Um, but then, you know, Spurs went long, dropped down, 
alley. Um, Lucas Moore took it with one touch and took a Paternano. And, you know, that was pretty much the last kick of the game. And it was just out to mayhem in this pub. There was a lot of Spurs fans in this pub. That was a good thing about this pub. It, it was called the Penny. I think it's changed names now. But there was every every game you went through there, there's always different fans there, different teams. And the Spurs fans that were in there, they were absolutely crazy. They were chucking chairs around. There was like a pin drop silence in this pub when I was watching it. And me and Adam just couldn't believe that they actually scored that goal and won the game and gone through. Um, and, you know, it's a shame for Ajax because I think they had genuinely, I think the way we played in that final, I think they had genuinely beaten us that day. I think Ajax would have won that game against Liverpool. But, you know, thankfully Spurs players and they didn't give us too much trouble uh, apart from a couple of saves Alisson had to make late on. But that game was truly spectacular and it was what a two days that was of, of football. Um, but yeah, that is where my number five is at. Ryan, over to you for your number five. So my number five is tricky, to be honest, because I left so many good games out, especially ones from recent years. But one that caught my eye when I was doing my research for, for this list was again one from the 2003-2004 season and Deportivo were already on this list anyway and they are again because no team had ever managed to overturn a free goal first leg defeat in the history of the Champions League up until that point so Deportivo didn't really you know have much hope they were up against Milan obviously multiple winners, one of the best teams in the world, so many world-class players. But when I looked into the game a little bit more, it's quite bizarre because the Deportivo manager, Javier uh, Irurita, I believe is how he pronounce it, um, actually had a dream the night before that they would win the game, that they would overturn you know, the first leg and they would go through. And quite incredibly... They did. Um, two future strikers that would end up at Birmingham and Newcastle, respectively, Walter Pandiani and Albert Luku, were two of the goal scorers. Juan Carlos Valerón was another one. And uh, yeah, Fran's astonishing 76-minute winner put Deportivo into the next round. And it was arguably one of the greatest nights in uh, in Deportivo's history. Obviously, a team struggling now um, in the depths of the Spanish football pyramid. But, yeah, just the impact that game had, considering the talent that Milan had, the likes of Dida and Maldini and Nesta, you know, so many other great, great players. And, yeah, you know, they had Carlo Ancelotti as boss as well. So, yeah, just uh, an insane result. And I just had to have it on my list. Yeah, I mean, that double TT, I remember they beat Man U in, in the previous round. They, had a, they, they gave Man U a few problems over the years. I remember the likes of Diego Tristan uh, for them. And yeah, that was my first real, my first real memories of football was, I think the first, my first memory has always been um, the 2002 World Cup. I remember not long after that, I remember watching Deportivo crush my brother's heart um, and Porto, for that matter. I remember that was my early phase of watching with Deportivo being this team that would just cause upsets and, you know, a great team. I think they didn't, didn't do too bad either in the league. And I remember this team and then obviously the, the fourth and great since has been quite dramatic, but um, yeah, I remember, I remember those Deportivo games were just, were just something else. Um, and I, I really, you know, I really thought that they would carry on this, but they haven't really done anything of note the last few years. Um, so it's a shame really. Um, but sticking with you, Ryan, uh, what is your number four? So this is where the bias comes in. Oh, no. Oh, no. Where, where are we going with this? I had to put this game in there because it's one of the best moments. If it's, what, a... I'm think, if, if it's what I'm thinking it is, there's no way it can be fourth on this list, but I'll let, it might or might not be. <laughs> um, it's a famous Arsenal win at the Emirates. Yeah, yeah I know exactly what it's going to be. Oh, this is insane. Over an, incredibly, over an incredibly strong Barcelona team, but oh. it was our Shavin's winner. No, oh, I knew I knew you were gonna put it somewhere. I didn't think it'd be four. That's how, oh. right that's at the death. It was uh, I, 
I originally did have a little bit higher in the list, but just because of the nostalgia and because obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, I don't know. I just it crept it crept up the list a little bit and probably shouldn't be ahead of well, it shouldn't be ahead really of Barcelona, Man United, or even some of the other games. But I don't know. It I had to have I had to have one at least one controversial pick. So that is it. I mean. I, I like it in a way. I like the fact you've you've gone for maybe one that's in your memory. I like the fact you've gone for that. But um, I mean, it was it was a good game. Don't, don't get it wrong. It was a great game, and Jack Wilshire had it was his best mm-hmm. game of his career in this game. You remember Jack Wilshire being absolutely insane. He was completely comfortable in the middle of the park, and being I think he was still a teenager at that point, you know, up against likes of Xavi and Niesta in midfield. Um, I think Busquets was playing as well. That team, that team was as you say, it was prime Barcelona, and it was not. Again, that way, anyone thought we were gonna that you were gonna win. Sorry, not we. Um, but I just think that I I know it's definitely an opinion, but I, I just think that he still lost the, the two legs anyway, and it's uh, I I just personally wouldn't have had it so high. But um, fair enough. Well, I can't... Yeah, it's more just because of. I mean, I, I, I wasn't. I was sadly wasn't at the game, but watching it, I just remember vividly watching it on telly, and it's often played before. Um, before an Arsenal game starts at the Emirates, they have a little montage just before it's about to kick off, and 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 that moment was just electric. Like uh, the the Emirates has rarely ever had an atmosphere like that moment, and I think just just for that in itself, that's the main reason why I had it so high. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, well, wouldn't be my top ten, but I, I can see why you've you've included it. Um, now my number four is a game that um is by far probably one of the worst games on this list, but I think for the impact it had, it for me, it had to be for the drama as well. Uh, I did slightly allude to it earlier. Uh, I've gone for Chelsea one, Barcelona one in the two thousand and nine season. Of course, the round after Chelsea got that four four. Um, get a game against Liverpool. Uh, one I mentioned earlier. This one for me, only had two goals. I get that, but it's for me. I think the impact of what it caused, uh, for the rest of you know the time was was just stunning. That we have to take into consideration. I mentioned the Barcelona team uh, in '09. Uh, that was the first Champions League win of the Pep Guardiola spin out of the of spell. Sorry, out of the two he won, but this was the start of what was. It's the greatest team in 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 your in club football history. Um, I mean, the game started off with a um a goal from Michael Essien, which is, I think, one of the most underrated goals in Champions League football history. No one ever talked about how good that goal was from Essien. Um, but then you know, Chelsea were advancing. It was um you know it was nil nil in the first leg. Um, and then going to second leg, obviously one nil at the time. The game seemed dead. And then, but the refereeing, um was terrible in this game and obviously Iniesta got the goal in the last kicks of the game uh, to win the game but there was a lot about this game there was a lot of talk about the referee and the referee got death threats after the game it was I think one of the most controversial refereeing performances we've ever seen and I know since then there's been a lot of talk about um, uh, Barca being you know, charged and accused of um, bribing referees and this well could be one that could have been in that in that bracket, and if it's if I was confirmed, then I think this legacy of this game would be a bit maybe higher because of the controversy, but definitely lower in terms of Barca achievements. But what it caused the Barca team to kickstart their their run, um, and the drama that evolved in that game, and the goals that were scored, um, just had had this game with everything, and it was one of the most famous moments in Champions League recent history. I mean, the Drogba outburst after the game, a lot of ha- a lot of things happened to this game, um. Now we're on to our top three in our lists. Um, now, I mostly start with number three because it has been mentioned already. Liverpool 4, Barcelona 0 in 2019. Champions League semi-final. Um, yeah, this game for me is one of my absolute favourites Liverpool games ever. Um, again, that again, it was a season where we you know, we lost the league with 97 points. The day before the second leg, uh, we just seen Leicester... And City play and City get that goal for Vincent Company, which ultimately won a league. Um, and at that point, we were thinking, you know, we're 3 0 down, albeit to a wonder goal from Messi. Uh, and but we we're thinking, oh, to be to win, have 97 points, not win the league, and then be 3 0 down in a game where really we shouldn't have been, we shouldn't have lost 3 0. We had a better team that first leg. The 3 0 score didn't really reflect how the first leg went. 
but you know you can't really fault the Messi goal. That was you know one of the best Champions League goals of recent years. But um, you know, I think at that point, like how what we've done to the zoo, how have we been so good all year in the Champions League? Been so good all year long in the Premier League and not win either was just seemed like it's been one of the one of the worst seasons in our memory. But um, obviously, the second leg came and you know. We beat Newcastle a few days before. Uh, Origi did score the winner that day, which I think ultimately did have a lot to play in his performance uh, in the second leg. But Roy mentioned you mentioned it earlier. I mean, we had no Firmino and no Salah in this game. Mane still played, but the front three was Origi, Shakiri, and Mane. You know, and uh, we had a midfield featuring both Henderson and Milner, which at the time was now seemed a bit mad, but at the time was quite crucial. But that front three, I don't think anyone wins this game thinking we were going to. You know, do them and you know, look at the Bath team. You had Messi as well as the front. You had Busquets from Rakitic in the field. You had Jordi Alba, Marcus Stegen, PK in his back four. And I know he's a bit past at that point, but Arturo Vidal was there. Um, you know, when it was uh, a nightmare game for us because we're going to this game 3 0 down. Two of our former players uh, were playing in this team, Coutinho and Suarez. Of course, Suarez got a goal um, in that first leg. It may have even been two, definitely was one. Um, but, you know, I went, I mentioned this pub earlier, I went to the pub earlier, that pub, the same pub, the day before to watch um, Liverpool Barcelona. There was about four people there, including myself. There was a group of maybe four or five lads, another two blokes, and then there was me, and that was literally it. The pub was so dead because, as you'd expect, no one thought it would have. Been possible, and I know my friend Adam didn't go for he didn't think he didn't think at all there'd be a, a game in this. But you know, seven minutes into the game, and that really kick started the rest of the game. Origi scored after seven minutes. Henderson had an original shot that was saved. Origi was there on the rebound. Um, but you know, still one 0 at half time. Barcelona causing loads and loads of problems for us, loads of chances. So you know, at half time, one 0 you think, oh, we're just gonna have you know a win, but it's not gonna be enough. Um, Andy Robertson goes off half-time injured. Wijnaldum comes on. Um, I don't know why he didn't start in the first place. Uh, and then he literally scored two goals in three minutes um, to make it 3-0 on the night. Levon on scores, no away goals for either team at that point. Um, you know, that was mayhem and the pub got busy and busier the more the day went on. And then, you know, got to the 79th minute and we were still 3-0 there. Being a Barcelona had their chances. They were calling a prop and still on. At that point, if they scored one, we'd have to score two goals. And then a corner to Trent Alexander-Arnold in the 79th minute. As they famously said, corner was taken quickly and Origi was there to, to pounce it up and he basically caught Barcelona napping. And in the end, that one is a game. And I think this is, you know, certainly non-final base, one of the best comebacks, maybe even the best comeback in Champions League history. I mean, it was um, certainly the most famous night in Anfield, probably since the glory days of the 80s and 70s. There was a St. Etienne game, which I've been told is like meant to be amazing, before, way before my time, obviously. The best ice in Anfield was probably the 1-0 against Chelsea, the Garcia ghost goal. Uh, just the atmosphere that had at Anfield and stuff like that was just incredible. But this, for me, absolutely tops it. It was just a special, special night. The only downside to me was not watching it is my dad, a fair Liverpool fan, but... Um, Apart from that, we got to watch the final together and the Premier League win the year later. But you know, that game is one of my favorites, one of the most famous games in our in our history. And you know, it was out of this world. And you know, that game will always live in memory for as long as we as long as I live, as long as everyone else I know lives, always be a special, special game. Um, but for you, Ryan, uh, what's number three on your list? Well, I'm quite, uh, a little bit intrigued because I now know that you've not got one of these top three games of mine in your list at all. Right. I, I feel like I know I forgot City Madrid. I feel like I've forgotten something massive now. Um, <laughs> well, oh, no. the third one, mm, these three games were all very special in their own right. So it was very difficult to put them in, 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 in certain ways because two of them were finals and one of them wasn't, but one of them was just ridiculous. But third, I've gone for. Manchester United 2 Bayern 1 in the 98-99 treble winning season um, just for how they won it at the death obviously everyone remembers the Solskjaer goal and it was just incredible scenes as much as I hate to say it because I have a strong hatred for Manchester United and their fan base 
can't deny that it was an incredible moment in their history and one of the greatest Champions League games. So, uh, yeah, it had to be in the top three. Yeah, I mean, this game was was out of this world. I mean, again, one of the games I didn't watch because I was four at the time and I wasn't really into football back then. Uh, my brother was and he had a great time watching this game. Um, but this game, you know, we all forgotten that both Skulls and Keane were suspended for this final. Keane had, I think, one of the best individual... I, I didn't think... I know I wasn't there to watch, but of what I've seen on highlights and all the games I've watched since, I think by far the best individual performance I've ever seen was at Juventus' second leg because he already knew he was out the final. He had the suspension, but he just almost upped his game since getting the yellow card. And he, you know, he was a warrior and he was just everywhere. And that is, you know, he'll always be a, a fan favourite for that reason alone. Um but you know the actual game itself. I mean, it's it is one of the um, all-time classics. Now, well, obviously, I mentioned I will mention this in a bit. It is in my top two. I'm not say where it is yet. Um, but, you know, this game appeared dead, and I've heard a lot of people talking about it. You know, I don't think many people would have had this game won for Man U. I mean, they scored, but Bayern scored in the sixth minute. Uh, I believe it was through Basler. Um, then obviously, then gets the ninetieth minute and. You know, they were still 1-0 down and, you know, the two goal scorers sharing with Solskjaer didn't even start the game. They had Dwight York and Andy Cole starting the game. Both of them came off the bench. Uh, I think looking at now, Sheringham was the 67th minute and Solskjaer 81st minute. Um, and, you know, this game seemed dead and buried. And then if any of you watched the um, David Beckham documentary, you'd have seen a bit more on this. But, um, yeah, absolutely fantastic for them. I mean, it was, you know, 91st minute equals from Sheringham. And from what I've seen, although saying that we can do this now, and Sheringham knocked on the winner, he had the assist for the winners. Solskjaer scored the winner, and he became a Man United legend overnight. Uh, and it was, um, you know, their second Champions League win out of their three in total. Um, one of the most famous nights in their history. Well, the point is the most famous night in their history. One of the best comebacks, you know, in in um Champions League final history uh, or Champions League history in general. Um, but I'm intrigued what your number two is, Ryan. Um, now I know. Obviously, one of them is going to be one of my one as well. Uh, but I'm just intrigued now. How are we going to do this um, now? Um, so I'm going to... What we're going to, we're going to describe our two games each. And then we're going to, at the end, say who's first and who's second. Um, so I just mentioned it then. Uh, Man U, two by and one. And the other game I've gone for is Liverpool against AC Milan. 3-3. Uh, three, three. I mean, this game, you know, had everything. I mean... This game for me is again one of my favourites. I was ten at the time, so there's some parts of the game that are a bit hazy for me. I, I remember all three Liverpool goals, but I don't remember. I remember one of the. Um, no, so I remember all the Milan goals uh, when three and a half, half time, a goal from Maldini within the first minute, um, and Crespo scored two goals. You know, in that first half, and a delightful trip of a deck. And you know, I remember the time. You know, I was ten. Um, my dad almost sent me to bed because he was at that point. These games were on Wednesday nights, not Saturday nights, and school was the next day. And I know a lot of little fans in my school that did get sent to bed at halftime. My dad basically wanted to try and teach me the value of losing. Turns out we won the game. Um, but you know, second half started. Gerard Header from Marisa Cross, and then two goals in a matter of minutes. All three goals actually came within a five-minute spell. Um, Vladimir Speech scored the second, and then Gerard won a penalty, which probably wasn't a penalty in hindsight, but Obviously, compared by Zabialonda, who originally missed, who originally missed the um missed the spot kick, but then on the on the on the rebound, he did get it past Dida. Dudek's double saving the extra time is one that lives long in memory. And then obviously then his heroics in the in the shootout where we were one. But this game for me is the ultimate, the ultimate comeback. Um it was just spectacular, spectacular game, and you know, it's in my top two for a reason. Uh so I'm guessing Ryan, your um one of your top two is Liverpool, man. But I'm intrigued by what your other one is. Yeah, so it was extremely difficult to put to put to pick a number one between these two because, as I say, that Champions League final between Milan and Liverpool was unreal, and as you say, it did have everything. It's I have a slight annoyance over. Um, one of Dudek's penalty saves. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> came off his line. Um, but yeah, obviously the rules a little bit different, you know, during that time. So it is what it is. But um, yeah, I have actually put it second, and that's only because 
my number one was just insanity in terms of how they came back. The first leg, PSG absolutely smashed Barcelona. The second oh, leg... How have I forgotten this game? Barcelona won 6-1. It was 2016-17 season. Obviously, we all remember the, the last-minute goal. I believe it was from Sergi Roberto because it was a, kind of like a cross that came in. But I know Neymar scored um, you know, a good goal. And yeah, it just it had absolutely everything. And the scenes were incredible at the end. So just because of maybe a little bit of recency bias and because of the sheer amount of goals, not just in that game, but the first leg as well, I think it was just insane. I don't know how the hell I forgot this game. I mean, I've got to say, the one reason maybe I've forgotten about it is because I did actually turn the game off in the 80th minute, um, thinking the game was done. I think I moved on to a different game, or I can't think, I turned it to something else, thinking there's no way they're going to score three goals. And then, stupidly, should have kept on my Sky Go just in case, or BT Sport version of that. Um, so, yes, maybe that game doesn't really resonate with me too much because there's always that element of regret thinking oh, if only I'd carried on watching it um, which is one of my regrets in football uh, that and falling asleep um, during the City Madrid game uh, that one we mentioned earlier um, but minor one I, I did thought I probably have alluded to it um, given it away there but Liverpool number one for me then number two mine Manu Bayern um, yeah this game for me again I wish I'd been maybe a year older because I remember the year later we beat West Ham in the FA Cup final. Uh, that was something that I remember every single minute of. I remember the exact whole day throughout. But this one is a bit of hate. I remember, for some reason, I don't remember the Alonso goal or the gel goal in my memory, but I remember the Smitsa goal, the three Malangles and the shootout. But this for me is a final that, you know, I've been to a couple of, I've been to a, even a show based on just this final. And it was Vladis Smitsa, Luis Garcia. Rita was meant to be there, but he didn't show up. Um, but you know, this is the this is the game that is it, I've been to a show and talk about. I don't remember any of the games that I'm sure Man U Bayern has some in Man U clubs. I'm sure there's specific clubs that have. I'm, I'm sure West Ham will have theirs with the Conference League final win in a few years, and I'm sure there's other clubs. The Arsenal, Vincent, I'm sure do similar things. But yeah, this game for me, it, it, it's the most famous game in our history, certainly in the 21st century. Um, uh, unbelievable, um, it's an unbelievable game. And yeah, I can't repeat anyway, but number one, uh, just, you know, look, even looking further, just the actual teams that we had. I mean, this is the AC Milan team that, you know, um, we look at the Man U game, you know, it's great, but they had Schmeichel, Neville, Yap Stam, Dennis Irwin, Ryan Giggs, Beckham, Nicky Butter, who, who was good, despite unpopular belief, um, Dwight York, Andy Cole, also Sheringham and Solskjaer on the bench. This is a, you know, a team that had, um, you know, but they were they. I'm I'm guessing they were the favourites going to the game because looking at the Bayern team, they're they're Mateus and Khan. Um, that is really it. I can't. There's no real legends thing like unless I've you know players I don't know about, but none of the players that I ever I ever I've ever heard of, and I've heard of many players that played before I before I you know was alive. But Maldini obviously wasn't my time, but he was a lot of it was before my time on football. Beckenbauer, Bobby Moore. George Best, all these players you know about, but I don't recall a single player apart from uh Yanko up front and Khan and um and the chef uh Lotus Mateus. But you look at the the team that we had compared to 18 man's team. Look at 18 man's team, they've got they had they had Stam, they had Stam as well, uh, Ka- uh Cafu, Nesta, Maldini, Perlo, Gattuso, Sadorf, Kaka, Shashenko, Crespo, and then on the bench they had the likes of Rui Costa, Yondal Thomason. And Ancelotti, the manager, who I still believe is the second best manager of all time. Uh, be looking at our team. Look at this. I'm going to our bench, first of all. Scott Carson was our sub goalie. Hosami, Dietmar Haman, who ended up being the most crucial player in this team for us that day. Antonio Nunes, Igor Biscan, Jibril Sisi, Vladimir Smita, who obviously did score, uh, came, on after, came on after the 25th minute for Harry Kuehl, um, who got injured. Um, but we, had, you know, we had Alonso, we had Gerard, we had Jamie Carragher and Hippier, but we had Steve Finnan, who I believe was a seven out of ten player, but never more. Um, he was he was he had an awful first half. Jimmy Chore, who was infinitely bad. Luis Garcia was great, but he wasn't anywhere near the player that as these man players. He was never near, nowhere near the level of Kaka and Shevchenko and Crespo and 
you know, we had Milan Bowser fan who was a player that frustrated me massively during my time as a Liverpool fan. Um, a Dudek in goal, who for a lot of his time at Liverpool was a real error-prone goalkeeper. Um, so for our team to beat that team was, for me, I've said it in private chats, and I'm going to say it now, it's probably going to irk a lot of Liverpool fans. I think one of the luckiest managers in recent memory. Um, but either way, he he did get this team to the final and got them to win the game. But the team was nowhere near. To, to be 3 nil down to that team with the team we had, no one thought, not even as obviously family thought we'd have won that game. And to do it was just spectacular. And yeah, I just I just wish I was maybe a year or two older. Um, but that is where we'll end our top 10. Um, just going to quickly recap our top 10s before we end this podcast for today. So my number t- 10 to 1 is number 10, Madrid 2, Leverkusen 1, then Dortmund 3, Malaga 2, then 8, City against Spurs in 2019, 7 was Chelsea, Liverpool 2009 to 4-4, four, four. 6 was City 4, Spurs 3, um, number 5 was Spurs against Ajax in 2019, uh, 4 was Chelsea, Barcelona in 2009, 3 was Liverpool, Barca 2019, number 2 was Man U, Bayern Munich in the 1999 final of the Champions League, and number 1 was Liverpool against AC Milan in the 2005 Champions League, whereas for you, Ryan, your top 10 is number 10, City against Madrid in 2021, sorry, 2022. Uh, number 9 is your Monaco Deportivo 8-3 thriller. Number 8 is Liverpool-Barcelona 2019 Champions League semi-final. Number 7 is also Liverpool-Chelsea 2009. 2006 was the 2011 final between Barcelona and Man U. 2005 was the 04 clash between Deportivo, who beat AC Milan. Um, number 4 was Arsenal 2, Barcelona 1. Three was Man U two Bayern one. Number two was Liverpool AC Milan, and number one was Barcelona six PSG one in that Champions League semi sorry, second leg. But yeah, happy to this run. Yeah, relatively. I think. Yeah, there's a like I say, there's a couple in there you could definitely argue against, but overall, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, fair play. Um, same as me. I mean, I. Upset I forgot about Barca, PSG, and I also forgot about City Madrid until this recording started. But I'm happy with my list as well. And we are going to do a poll. We are going to get this out on socials uh, as to both our lists. And we will ask you guys, the audience, for who you think is the best of the two, the most accurate of the two lists. And we'll see in the end who agrees more with whose list. But in the meantime, this has been the Eurotrips Football Podcast. I have been, as ever, your host, Andy Davis. This has been, as ever, our regular in Ryan Masanji, and we will see you guys for our next episode, which is going to be, once again, all things domestic football. We will see you guys then. <laughs>